Thank you for joining the Minority Health Matters podcast, produced and paid for by the Indiana Minority Health Coalition. On our podcast, we will be providing information and discussions around pertinent health issues in our communities. So keep tuning in as we are your resource for all things minority health. Welcome to the Indiana Minority Health Coalition Minority Health Matters podcast. I'm Erica Pedroza. And I just wanna thank you for tuning in. So here at the Indiana Minority Health Coalition, our mission is to enhance the quality of life through advocacy, education, and quality care services for racial and ethnic minorities. Our work involves policy development, research, and training in partnership with our network of affiliates. And today we are pleased to feature an academic research partner, Dr. Sally Wasmuth. Dr. Wasmuth serves as an assistant professor in the School of Health and Human Sciences, excuse me, Department of Occupational Therapy at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. So welcome, Dr. Wasmuth, and thank you for joining the Minority Health Matters podcast. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. So glad to, so glad to have you. So today we're going to be um, focusing on a research project. Um, and first, we want to start with getting to know you a little more. So if you don't mind, please tell us about your academic endeavors and research interests. Sure. So I'm an occupational therapist in practice, and my background is in philosophy of science and African-American studies. So those are all three different areas, very different areas of practice that I try to bring together in all of my research. So I as an occupational therapist, we're interested in looking at the things that people do that are meaningful to them and doing anything that we can do to facilitate participation in meaningful activities. So sometimes that means overcoming um, a physical limitation after an injury, but sometimes it means addressing barriers in society such as stigma or racism or um, policies that are impeding people from engaging freely in the things that they want to do. So a lot of my research has really focused on that. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Um, and here at IMHC, we value our partnership with you, Dr. Wasmuth, and the co-researchers as you all engage communities of color in participatory research. And most recently, uh, we supported the Black Voices in Occupational Therapy Research Study through our Racial Ethnic Minority Epidemiology Center at IMHC. So that's gonna be the focus of today's podcast episode. And I really wanna dive into um, this research uh, study. So if you don't mind, we'll get started. And um, in finding out about this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the title again, cause I want it to really resonate with our listeners, Black Voices in Occupational Therapy Research Study. Um, first, I'd like to know, Dr. Wasmuth, who were your co-researchers? Yeah, so this project was led by myself and then my partner, Sierra Milton, who started the project as a doctoral occupational therapy student and has now graduated and is helping bring some of our insights from this project into our actual occupational therapy department. Awesome. Thank you for that. And can you just kind of share with us the purpose of the research study and what it was that you both wanted to learn? Absolutely. So the title Black Voices in OT is really to highlight that our profession is made up of over 90% white women. And we're a profession who 
values what we call occupational justice, which like I described earlier, is this idea that um, we want to be able to promote um, freedom and well-being and participation in meaningful activities for the entire population. Um, so Sierra and I felt like this project was important because in order for our profession to be able to promote equity and well-being for a diverse population in the world and in the country, um, we feel that we have to be diverse as a profession. We don't feel that um, a profession made up primarily of, of white women can adequately serve the needs of a diverse population. So what we wanted to do was highlight um, those in our profession who um, were not white um, and primarily in this project, we wanted to highlight black voices and their experiences within the profession so that we could look at what, what it meant to be a black occupational therapist, but also um, what barriers were they coming up against or what experiences were they having not only out in the world, but in our actual profession, um, such as microaggressions or things that were, that were problematic so that as a profession, we could start to make real changes and create a more diverse sense of belonging for the profession to meet that goal of, of, of becoming more diverse as, as occupational therapists as a whole. Thank you for that. And I'm so grateful that um, there are those out there doing this work and understanding the importance of it, um, of representation and in all different fields, especially those that service the, the public. So much appreciation for you highlighting this important topic. Um, and so just to give our listeners a really good, I think you, you know, you've gave a very high level, um, great explanation as to what the purpose was. Um, I wanna delve a little deeper into the research study and um, hear what were your actual aims? Um, what were the research questions that you all wanted to, to get some answers to? Um, and then we can talk a little bit more about your methods. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, we had two sort of primary aims. One was to um, collect and theatrically portray narratives from Black occupational therapy students and practitioners. And the second was to analyze the impact of that theatrical performance on people who attended the performance. So um, we used a specific standardized measure that looks at psychological flexibility related to stigma. So um, the idea there is that everyone has um, different stigmas, different biases just from living in the world. And so our goal was to use theater to give people a chance to encounter their own biases and stigmas during the performance. Um, and then have a chance after the performance through discussion to reflect on those biases and stigma um, in hopes that by being aware of our own biases, we can make adjustments to how we relate to them or make adjustments to the actions that we take or the thoughts that we have or the way that we interact with our own biases. Very cool. I'm excited um, to hear what some of the, the results were. Um, so you, and, and without getting um, too in detail, I'd love to hear about some of your methods uh, that we're using. You kind of shared some of it, but uh, can, you, can you tell us how the study was conducted? Yeah, so our um, co-principal investigator, Sierra Milton, who is a Black, who was at the start of the study, a Black occupational therapy 
um, doctoral student went out into the community. Actually, let me correct myself. This was in the midst of the um, pandemic and social distancing. So she conducted interviews on Zoom with about 20 occupational therapy students and practitioners across the country from eight different states. And so during those interviews, she just asked a series of questions about their experiences, both in school and then in practice, um, both with their colleagues and with their, their patients or their clients. Um, and then we took those interviews and transcribed and de-identified them and performed qualitative analysis. So looking for common themes um, and also looking at any outliers um, that didn't fit into those common themes. And then we gave those themes and the transcripts of the interviews to a professional playwright who created um, a theatrical piece. And the, the goal for that playwright was um, not to change any of the language or the words. So she maintained all of the exact stories and words from the participants, but her job was to, to, to put the stories together into something that was engaging and compelling and that had a sort of through storyline. And so after we had that script, we hired some professional black actors here um, regionally and um, they, and a director and a producer and that theatrical team then rehearsed and produced the performance, which was presented back in um, March um, on, uh, it was on um, a platform similar to Zoom called Be Live and was able, um, we were able to have occupational therapists and others attend the performance um, throughout the country since we were doing it on this online platform. And then the final sort of piece of the methods was anyone who attended the performance, we asked them to complete a pre and post survey. And that consisted of, um, we collected information, like were they an occupational therapy practitioner or student or someone else? Um, where were they from? Um, demographics, so race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, um, age, and then a series of questions from this validated survey called the Acceptance and Action Questionnaire Stigma, which is what I referred to a few minutes ago, which measures um, psychological flexibility related to stigma beliefs. And we compared those pre and post tests um, among different groups and among the whole audience to see what what impact, if any, the performance had. Um, and there's one other thing I should mention about the methods, which was that after the actors performed the play, um, the performance was immediately followed by a panel discussion with the actors, the director, and then also some scholars who were also Black occupational therapists who could speak to um, not only their experience within the field, but also their research on the topic of, of anti-Black racism in occupational therapy. Wow, thank you, Dr. Westmouth. This sounds really interesting. Um, what a great research study. Um, so, so what did your team discover based on, based on these methods? What did you find? So we found um, what we were hoping to find or what we were expecting based on, on some previous studies um, in terms of that acceptance and action questionnaire stigma, we found about a 10 point decrease um, which indicates, you can think about it as indicating a decrease in stigma 
or you can also think about it as an increase in psychological flexibility, um, which means you have more flexibility with how you respond when you have a stigmatizing belief. Um, you don't just immediately act on it. You have more flexibility and, and are more thoughtful about recognizing that you're having a biased thought and then making a more intentional and mindful choice as to how you want to act. Um, and so we felt like that was really promising. Another interesting thing that we found was that, that the biggest change was among white participants. Um, and then there was a, a significant but smaller change among um, participants who were black, um, indigenous or um, other people of color. And then um, we also have um, several um, nice qualitative results from this study. So, when we when we gave that pre and post survey, we also asked people to just write a little bit about um, their experience of watching the performance, and um, we found some interesting differences there as well. So, for example, a lot of our black audience members um, really enjoyed the performance because they felt like they could identify. So. Um, a quote, for example, one person said, everything I wish I could say out loud to non-Black clinicians, it's almost as if we are all living the same microaggressions. So there was a lot of expression from Black participants, from Black audience members about um, feeling seen, feeling heard, um, identifying, and being really um, happy to see these stories shared with, with the larger community of occupational therapists. Um, whereas by contrast, a lot of the white participants um, really spoke to um, being surprised by the stories, um, not realizing the microaggressions that their black um, counterparts were facing on an everyday basis. Um, and a lot of them talked about how they would use this information. So they talked about changes in the way that they would act in the classroom if they were professors or um, in a clinical setting if they were if they were practicing occupational therapists. Wow, those responses um, were so valuable. And I had um I received a copy of slide presentation on this research study, and I really enjoyed reading through some of those responses uh, from the audience. And um, one I'd like to point out that I thought was really um, cool was from a faculty member, um, a white faculty member, I guess, and, and um, I'll just quote it. As a faculty member where we often have one or two black students in the class, I appreciated hearing about how things feel from a student perspective. The feeling of being alone, not understood, held to a different standard, questioning yourself, all sound like things my students have probably felt. I think I can do more to reach out to my Black students and be there for them, support them, them advocate to admit more Black students, figure out how to get help to build pipeline of Black applicants so we can admit more students. I thought that was really powerful because just in having your research study, um, like you said, creating psychological flexibility. Uh, we're seeing it even among the faculty members and how they can help support these students. I just thought that was really powerful. And I guess my other um, statement I wanna make is you saying that a lot of the white respondents um, were surprised uh, by what I guess they witnessed or heard um, from the, from the um, theatrical element. That is powerful in itself because I guess that's what we want to bring awareness. And if they weren't aware of it, now they are. So thank you for the work that you all were doing. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're we're so grateful to to have had the opportunity from Indiana Minority Health Coalition to do this work and um, we're, we're kind of finishing the study by taking everything that we learned from our, from our participants and from the responses and integrating that information um, to make real changes here at our department at IUPUI and hoping to, to sort of spread those changes to other universities. So awesome. Great. Cause that, thank you for that. That was my next question. Like based on um, the results, um, what actions are suggested? So it sounds like you all are making recommendations and trying to create some change where you can, which is um, the university that you work at. So is there anything else um, that you'd like to add to that as far as recommendations? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the things that we're doing um, that Sierra has really um, been the leader on, um, we've made changes to our student handbook. We have very clear reporting guidelines for if someone feels they are experiencing racism, exactly what to do and who to report it to and to make sure that students know um, that we, we care very much to hear about that and we have action steps to sort of address oh, those reports. Um, we also have um, trainings and recommendation for faculty to make sure that, for example, PowerPoint presentations and learning information include um, diversity, which seems like an obvious thing, but right. there were things that came up in stories like, you know, learning about um, infection and skin turning red, um, which might happen on someone with white skin, but might not happen on someone with brown skin. And so just being inclusive in terms of teaching content um, right. was another important thing. Um, so yeah, those are, so those are two examples that I can think of off the top of my head. Wow, I'm, I'm just so glad to hear that you're doing something with this information. And although it may seem small to some, you know, changing some verbiage in a student textbook, it's really important to feel that sort of support um, and then having action steps in place in case something were to come up is really empowering for students of color. So that's so great to hear. Um, next, I would love to hear um, how you and Sierra are sharing the study results. Absolutely. So uh, we have recently published a paper in the in a journal, in an occupational therapy journal called OTJR, Occupation Participation and Health. Um, that article should be coming out in the next few months. Um, and at our upcoming national conference, um, I'll be talking a little bit about our study and how it, how it relates to sort of overall um, resilience of communities. So not so much um, expecting or requiring individuals to be resilient in the face of harms, but more so how can we as a community and a society become um, more resilient and, and more mindful about how we cultivate um, belonging and um, positive change. And then we are also looking at, uh, we're applying for future funding um, so that we can continue to offer this um, film and this training. So if people are interested in watching the stories or hearing the stories, um, hopefully in the near future, there will be an opportunity to do that. So organizations, institutions, universities can, can request the film and that's something we'll be able to share. And um, people can also take pre and post surveys surrounding that film to see how it's, how it's impacting them as well. 
so cool. I'm so glad to hear that there's a great plan in place to share these study results. And I'm really hoping that a lot of other occupations, especially in the, in the health and healthcare industry, um, follow suit and, and do some studies like this too, because I know it's so needed. Um, so thank you. Um, Dr. Wasman, thank you for being our guest on the Minority Health Matters podcast. We so appreciate your time and your partnership. And just want to ask if there's anything else that you'd like to share before we um, close out for today. I don't think so. I have very okay. much enjoyed being a part of this study and really appreciate the work that you all do. So thank you. Thank you so much. And hopefully we uh, get to talk with you again in, in the future about maybe some other research projects you're engaged in. Absolutely. Sounds great. All right. Awesome. Um, well, thank you all for tuning in. Again, this is Minority Health Matters. And we look forward uh, to speaking with you all later. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us. You can stay in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and also our website at www.imhc.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and also our YouTube channel. This is IMHC Minority Health Matters Podcast. Until next time.